Welcome to Engaged Company Culture, a podcast directed at you, helping you to stop the employee exodus in your organization. This podcast has three different types of episodes. First, you have tips, tricks, observations, stories, research from me, Dr. Katherine Weiberg of Profitable Alignment. Second, interviews with other consultants, other coaches who are here to serve you so you can learn other tips and tricks to engaging your employees, to stop the employee exodus, to consciously create and continue a company culture where people want to be and where they encourage other people to come to work and to become your customers. Third, I interview other business leaders who have engaged company cultures and want to share their stories. You might learn from them how they have applied principles of company culture to increase their employee retention, increase their profits, increase their productivity, and increase everyone's job satisfaction. Thank you for joining me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. In today's episode, I get to interview Mr. Stuart Blythe, the head coach at Only Do. He is an ex-senior corporate executive who is now a published author and keynote speaker and a coach who helps businesses build great teams. He has told me that building a great business is all about having a great team. Many businesses state they are people-centric, but are they really? This is going to be part of our conversation today. Stuart, welcome to Engaged Company Culture. Thanks very much for that fantastic introduction, Dr. Catherine. That's very kind of you. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. You have written an ebook that is all about teamwork in sports teams and taking that to teamwork in boardrooms and organizations. I'd love to hear how your path has brought you to where you are, including your ebook perspective. Ah, oh, so that, that that's a really interesting question. Um, I think that I arrived at this place because like many people, you spend a lot of time working for corporations and being promoted and being asked to manage people. And I ended up with, as a very senior executive in a very large corporation, managing lots and lots of people um, in different disciplines, different geographies, lots of responsibility, no power, and no training on how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that everybody that I talk to ends up in a similar position because companies by and large are great at training senior members of staff and managers to run a process. So right. a vacation request form or some other process that's easily auditable, but they're not very good at training their managers to manage people. Mm -hmm. people, people are hard. Everyone's yes, different. Are. There is no one size fits all. And so they tend to steer away from it or do some very 
superficial training, but it doesn't help you, really. I love that. It's both the joy and the challenge that people are all different. Correct. We can embrace the diversity of each individual. We can embrace the strengths of each individual. We can put people in different positions because they do things well that maybe we don't at the same time. Oh my goodness, how am I going to engage all of these strengths, all of these opportunities, give them the motivation that they want to receive and and really help them to excel. Absolutely right. And and on any given day, Mm -hmm. that person who was perfect doing something yesterday, because of things outside of your control, they Mm -hmm. might not be perfect today. Uh And that's really frustrating. It's not like turning a computer on or a motor vehicle. It will work every time if you do the same thing. People have other pressures on them that affects their ability to do what you ask them to do. It's exactly true. So that's, that is the challenge. So what advice would you give to leaders today to overcome or embrace that challenge? I think that it's a bit, I liken it a bit to being a parent. Okay. The one thing that your children want from you is time. Mm -hmm. They don't, we give them gadgets because we haven't got the time to deal with them. And I think the one thing that employees want from their senior managers is time, coaching, Mm. help. Uh And because we're too busy doing our day job when we shouldn't have a day job other than looking after our people, they don't get that time. And I think that if more managers um, were more coach orientated, they would be able to manage that whole process a lot better because their relationship would be stronger i think a lot of the relationships are very superficial Mm -hmm. because of the pressures of work Mm -hmm. so i would counsel them to give time i absolutely love that thank you that goes along with some of the things that i encourage managers to do observe talk for example, in a meeting, you can observe who speaks up, who doesn't speak up. What is the body language of both sides? How are decisions discussed? How, are, how do just discussions happen? What happens after the meeting? But really observe. Yep, absolutely right. And I've been in countless meetings, and I suspect you have as well, where the boss gets up and says, well, here's what I think, Uh which completely stifles all conversation. Uh Exactly. And actually they should be there going, I'm I'm just here to to see what the group think and let let it take its natural flow. And, you know, perhaps some sort of guiding hand on it so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't disappear down lots of different rabbit holes. Exactly. Um, and stays on point but it's not about what they think it's about what do the team think because the team are going to have to execute whatever it is you're discussing exactly you need the buy-in you need the understanding you want people to recognize that what they do creates and provides value and that they are heard just like you were saying with rearing children 
they want to know they are valuable, that they matter to their parents. Yep. Employees too. I love that analogy. And it, and and to take that one step further, something that I find very curious is that when we have children and they ask for help, we're very happy to give them the help that they need and coach them. It could be a math problem. It could be something at school. We'll give them that time. Mm-hmm. When people get into the workplace, we we stop doing that and mm-hmm. we stop asking for that help, almost as if stepping into the workplace is like a watershed that we don't need that anymore. That's, and it kind of and, and and it's very interesting to see how that plays out. That is really interesting. I've I've not looked at it in exactly that style before in similar, but I really love the way that you put that. That's and it is a cultural thing. I've had other podcast guests where we've talked about an up an open door policy that is open door in word only but mm-hmm. if you go in and ask the question the door gets shut or yeah. an open door where you really can ask questions yep yep and without fear of being demeaned or exactly. feeling that, that, that it's not the right thing to be asking you know mm-hmm. to be able to say hey boss i really need some help with this because you've done this before is a healthy thing to do a because you're showing that you're keen to progress keen to be of value to the organization but also you're kind of bigging the boss up saying hey look you're really good at this can you help me which Uh makes them a better coach yes yes it does and you can build in mentorship that way as well yeah and it's it's very rare to see that in organizations you see it in pockets but Mm -hmm. not corporation-wide or business-wide mm-hmm. and 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 to me that's a, a bit of a negative in the way that we we run businesses i agree but it's it's fantastic when we actually see it work mm, absolutely and, and that's why i like to use a lot of analogies in our work either with regards to high performing teams in sports or mm-hmm. theater or music because mm-hmm you can see it play out in action right in front of you, how, when you get it right, how really great it is. And and, it, and you can get excited about the output. And the trick is to transfer that into a business so that everyone is on the same stage or field, all playing the same game, so to speak. I love those analogies of, music and theater and sports because built into those is the recognition of practice and the recognition of failure the recognition of returning to the basics the recognition of a growth mindset recognition of how can my team work better as a team how can i support them by doing my part how can i get their support by doing their part and the recognition that every piece is different yep and every piece is vital. Exactly. There's no point having a great theatre production if you haven't got a lighting person. It doesn't work. It's true. It's true. Um, and in all of those kind of walks of life, their total focus is on customer satisfaction. True. Their livelihood depends on customer satisfaction. 
Mm-hmm. Too often we end up with these fiefdoms within organizations where customer satisfaction is the last thing on people's mind. Right. It might be preached, but when it comes down to it, it's the metrics or the, the any of the measurement techniques. Yeah. And it's you might say we need to provide good customer service, but that it's so hard to really make that the focus because I have to meet the metrics. I have to meet the quota. I have to, I have to. And, and, and things get very confused. So Mm -hmm. when when we talk to our clients about building teams, the focus is very much on a, obviously about teamwork and who do, who's best for this job, who's not very good for that. and, And how do we meld the team? But it all has to be focused on how that is going to impact the customer. Because we know that um, products and services are irrelevant mm-hmm. in your business. So that's one of my favorite things you've ever said. And I've you've said it multiple times in our conversations. I love it. So whichever business you're in, if you go to Google and type in which business you're in, you'll get hundreds and hundreds of pages of competitors. What is going to make you stand out? And to me, being a consumer, or all consumers, right. what makes a business stand out is the quality of how they treat their customers. Mm-hmm. And that is a people thing. Mm-hmm. And I know we've got very much into AI bots answering questions on websites. Or, and that's really not a good place to be because whatever you type into the chat box, if it's not been typed in in the same way into the engine you don't get the right answer out i had that horrible experience just recently and i i went to the chat hoping i get a live person and i got the ai bot and i kept trying to figure out how can i get the wording that the bot needs so that i get the response that i need i was getting so frustrated i could I was ready to pull out my hair. Yeah. And, and it's very, obviously, without having a real downer on AI bots, it's really sophisticated stuff. Yeah. And but, sometimes it's awesome. But they're not, they're not learning bots. Right. They're not learning what the problem is. Um, and I came across a, a client of mine who, who's built a bit of a bot. And the way in which they test whether the bot is working is, by asking humans to answer the same questions and then comparing the two answers. And how do you then how do you then get the bot to understand how a human would deal with it? And that's really interesting development. Yes, because that is bringing the customer service back instead Correct. of just making it easier on the live customer service reps or whoever, or just saving money, it's bringing the customer service back. Correct. Correct. But it's all about the customer. It has to be. Yes. So we talk a lot about customer service. And one of my favorite soapboxes is to take care of your internal customers who will then take care of your external customers. So what is your thought on how that all fits together? Well, I think that if you've got the internal piece right Mm -hmm. in terms of building a great team where you go to work you're surrounded by really great team members that automatically transfers to the customers Mm 
there's, agree. there's nothing forced there. People will go the extra mile to help a customer because they're in a good place. They know that they're going to be valued for solving that customer's problem. And I feel very sorry for a lot of customer service reps because mm -hmm. they don't have that power to make that happen. And all they've got is a script. Right. I'm sorry, I can't do that for you, sir. I'm sorry, I'm not empowered to do that. At which point everybody says, let me speak to your manager. <laughs> right. 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 Well, if you don't have the power to help me, who does? Who does? And invariably they don't because there's something going on in the organization. But having a great workforce will solve all the problems. And it's the only job senior managers have to do is to find great people. If you find great people, all the problems go away because they'll solve them for you, really. Yes. And when I work with entrepreneurs who say, um, I'm worried about sales, I'm worried about product development, I'm worried about customer service, I'm, I'm worried about delivery. My first question to them is, you haven't got the right people running those departments. Otherwise, you wouldn't be worried. If you had them, you wouldn't be worried. Yes. Your yeah, job yeah. is to be the face of this organization, to be the coach of this organization, not to be the doer. Yes. That's not your role. It, it comes on. back to your only do. Correct. Only do what only you can do. Yes. And if you're the face of the organization and the founder, do that. Don't do the sales. Don't do the finance. Don't do the product development. Because there's far better people out there than you who can do that for you. Yes. You know? And it makes it so much easier for you. So you can be in your zone of genius. You can, if you're playing American football, you can be the quarterback or you Correct. can be the coach on the sidelines and have other okay. people calling the plays and, and being the Correct. quarterback. You should, you should always be the coach. You should never yes. be a player, ever be a player. Because if you do, you lose your objectivity. Mm -hmm. It then becomes a question of personal pride, whether I can solve that problem. Uh -huh. And you never want to be the one to, to admit that you haven't been able to solve the problem, right? And that is a real issue. So if you're a coach, you can help coach people to the, so that they can solve the problem. If it fails, okay, your personal brand is not impacted, but then you can help the person achieve it better next time. And the issue is that if if it's you down to you to solve it and you don't, there's an issue. I, I love it. You're, you're talking about coaching and failing and and accepting that people will fail, mm. but you can build on that. You can fail forward. You can fail well. You can move forward. It comes back to the analogies you use. It all becomes practice it all becomes coaching and yeah. i love you said you have to find the right people and i like to add on to that you have to find the right people and you've implied this as well and empower them to do their jobs well correct correct there's, a, there's no point hiring some great people and then not allowing them to do it exactly you, you may as well do it yourself and we know that's not the route to success no, unless, unless you want to be a person who only works on their own, that's fine. Right. But even then, you find that you need other people. And when we're talking about teams, we're not talking about 
just the internal team. We're talking about your whole supply chain, right? So, and you can include in that financial institutions who do your banking. You know, you may have to do, do customer refunds. You may have to do a whole bunch of financial transactions. But if the financial institution you use for your business is not delivering the service to you or to your customers, that also impacts on you. So you have to look at the whole supply chain as being part of your team. Ooh, I love and that. Really hard, really hard. You know, and, and, uh, and we look at, say, um, an NFL field, okay? How important are the ground staff who lay the, the, the grass seed to get mm -hmm. the right seed to grow it in the right way to cut mm -hmm. it to the right length, and all of that how important is it that those ground staff have found the right seed supplier it's really really important it, they're, it part is. Of the team. they're part of the team mm -hmm. i love that you bring that out that is also one of my other soapboxes is every and you said this earlier every role every responsibility has purpose and value whether it's planting the grass seed, whether it is uh, making sure the bathrooms are clean, whether it is choosing the right people, whether it is mentoring, whether it is asking questions, whether it is frontline facing, every single piece moves forward to accomplish the vision of the company. And yep. having the vision of the individual recognize, ooh, this is what brought me here. This is mm -hmm. what I do well, and this is how I contribute. Yep. It creates all the difference. Ab absolutely. Everyone wants to be valued. It's true. I, and, you know, I'm no different to anyone else. I like to be valued for what I do. I like to be recognized for what I do, however small or, or large. Mm -hmm. um, but everybody in the organization needs to be recognized for doing what they do. Um, and that is the leader's job to make that happen. So if you've got a lot, if you've got a big project in, in your organization, you know, and it tends to be the alpha style people, the frontline facing people who want to take all the glory, right. but actually they wouldn't be able to do their bit if the products hadn't been designed, if the marketing team hadn't done what they were going to do if all of the uh, researchers and admin team hadn't done their bit as well, those people would not be able to stand up and say, well, I, I closed that sale, I did that, because they can't do it on their own. And so when I used to run sales teams in these organizations, the salespeople were the last people to get recognized in any meeting. Oh. Because, because we, know, we know they've been successful, great, but you couldn't have done it without Sally the researcher or whoever it is to give you the information. Now, I'm not asking you to miss uh, the salesperson to do the research because you've got other skills, but when you get great info, you need to recognize that because without that, you haven't got, you're not going to be successful. And so recognizing everybody like that is very powerful. So how do you help leaders within organizations make that mindset and then culture shift well the, the first thing is to say well do you sleep at night and they tend to go 
I'm glad you asked that question. Not very well. And it oh. comes up that they're worried about lots of the moving parts of the business. So the, the question is then, what's your hiring strategy? Because mm -hmm. if you had a great team, you wouldn't be worried about that. And so whilst organisations say people are front and centre of, center of their thinking, it's they're actually not. And, you know, I, and I will get shouted down over this because they'll say, well, the number one objective of our organisation is to increase stakeholder value and increase our market share. You can't do that without people. It's true. It's not, it's not possible. No, it isn't. It isn't. All revenue is based on human capital and the power of proper alignment. Correct. You're, ab you're absolutely right. And I expect you have and I have, and we can speak to lots of different corporations. And you can say, look, you need to hire a new person because that, that isn't working. And you'll, leave, you'll get two, an two answers. Um, I don't have the budget number one right. or i don't or i don't have the head count mm -hmm. number two mm -hmm. and I, I i look at them in amazement saying you know that is failing and now you're telling me your constraints are finance and headcount. so you're prepared for this to fail for those two reasons and you're prepared to you can bigger and bigger and bigger which will then decrease your headcount as people flee and decrease your budget as your revenue decreases yep. and you're just making it worse but if Correct. you either put that person who's not the right fit in a new position where that person fits or invite that person to find success elsewhere and bring somebody else in who can do it it's going to shift everything. Correct. You're absolutely right. And, and it's this lack of strategy mm -hmm. that causes the problem. Mm -hmm. they, don't know, they don't know who they want. They don't know why they want them. Mm -hmm. right. And exactly. so we know, as, as I always use the sports, the theatre and the music, whether you're a head coach, a theatre director or a conductor of a philharmonic orchestra, you know the people you want to do the customer-facing bit. Mm -hmm. You absolutely know that. And you'll do whatever you can to get that. Most mm -hmm. businesses don't understand that crucial piece. It's all very resume, tick box-led. Hey, mm -hmm. look, this person's got six years' experience. They must be good. Well, they might be technically good, but are they a fit? Exactly. That's one of the things that I like to bring out with organizations also is you hired somebody based on resume and interview. The person came to you based on vision and opportunity. What else makes that person amazing? How else can that person add value and recognize value? You need to, just like you were saying earlier, you need to know your people. You need to give them time. You need to give them understanding because all of us are more than our resumes and everything we do in our personal lives affects our professional lives. Everything in our professional lives influences our personal lives. We are single individuals. Absolutely. And, you know, it's talking to people, I would say, these 
uh, people, staff would not be in your business if they didn't have the technical skills, right? right. If they've slipped through the net because they've lied on their resume, then there's a problem there. Right. But they might have the technical capability or the uh, the experience to be in your organization. Take mm -hmm. that as a given. Now, what are you going to do with them? Exactly. How are you going to make them work? How are you going to interact with them? Do you know when your uh, best uh, marketing person's birthdays? Do you know when their children's birthdays are? Do you know they're having trouble troubles at home that actually you could say, look, go home, go home, deal with your problem. We don't need you today. Sort it out and then come back. Do you know people to that degree? Mm. And that's really, really important. Because having that knowledge, is, it's a bit alien at first, but having that knowledge and that relationship pays dividends. Yes, so many dividends. It's, it's, it's amazing what it can do. Yeah. And I've had several other podcast episodes where we talked about each of those items, and it's astonishing. And I love that you're bringing it all together because it does matter that I realize we keep reiterating, but from slightly different angles, that people need to know they are seen and valued as people, not just assets, not human capital, even though to an extent they are, because our people are an investment, but they are investing in us. Correct. So what's going to make their investment in us worthwhile? Correct. Correct. And I always tell, tell my clients, Treat your people as an investment. They're not a cost. Right? True. Exactly right. It's, exactly it's, right. So it's so important. If you invest in them, they will invest back. Yes. Absolutely. Because they're, they're trusting you to do it, to get it right. They mm -hmm. don't have the same power that you do as a business owner or a senior leader to alter the course of the business. Right. So they're trusting you that you can do that for them. So mm -hmm. that they can be empowered, they can develop as people and have a great career, work life balance, whatever it is, because what they're doing is um, giving you their value of who they are. And you need to really look at that very carefully. Yes. Oh, I absolutely love it. Of all the things we've talked about, or if we've missed anything that's vital for you, what do you want people most to remember? That's a really good question. Um, I think th the one thing that I always come back to is the only job you have as a business leader is to find great people. Mm -hmm. If you find great people, you don't have to worry and you'll have a much better time. <laughs> it's true. You get to have fun at work and they get to have fun at work because they're great people you're recognizing them as great people and they're empowered to be the great people they are and accelerate anything and everything they do correct that's that's absolutely right and if we could all work for somebody like that we'd all be very happy no kidding that's what started my company profitable alignment the fact that i love work i want other people to love work yep so how can you're we help right. that way you're absolutely right what is the best way for people listening or viewing this podcast to reach out to you? They can go to our website, uh, which is onlydo.online. And, and that will be show notes. 
and there's a bunch of ways in which they can interact with us we've got online training we do training sessions in person however they want to do it we've got uh, download pdf downloads on some of the ideas that we do and we just have a great time doing it i love it Stuart, thank you so much for your time thank you for inviting me Anybody who has been listening to this episode or viewing this episode, you notice Stuart and I could probably talk for the next eight hours about our passions in this. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode anywhere near as much as I have. Please do like, subscribe, follow, and share this episode with others. Thank you for tuning in for Engaged Company Culture. Thank you for listening to or viewing today's engaged company culture episode. I hope you have enjoyed the episode. I hope you have learned something and have something that you can apply today to engage your company culture and encourage your employees to enjoy work. Looking forward to Mondays instead of only looking forward to Fridays. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone else you know. Also, like and subscribe to Engaged Company Culture anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you and have a wonderful day.